You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Actually, it's the, it's the lead play in our, in our offense. We ask our Y-N or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet to get an isolation with the, with the linebacker. Tell the tackle to take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the Y-N has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the Y-N has the linebacker here, he comes all the way around. Hey, what's up, guys? Welcome to Packers Total Access. My name is Clayton. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. You can email us, PackersTotalAccess at gmail.com. You can text us, 865-658-5824. I'm joined alongside Tim, live in Green Bay. We got Emilio live in Tennessee, ready to just get on here and talk a little Packers. I'll tell you, Tim, that, that morning show today, was it was a lot of fun, man. We got a lot of feedback, a lot of people active in the comments. Um, obviously, we were reacting in real time to some of the Devondre Campbell stuff, this and that. But um, I was uh, it was one of those shows that as soon as we wrapped up, I was like, you know what, man, I wish we could go live again right now. It was it was a blast. But uh, how's your day been, Tim? It's been great, man. Always great to start it off with Good Morning Lambo, too. You know, it, yeah. it's cool to get to react to some of this news as it as it happens. Sometimes that's the advantage to doing uh early morning show like that. So uh, always grateful to be a part of the convo, Clayton. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely, man. We got Emilio in the house. Emilio, you're fresh off a Christmas party. Sounded like last night, man. Everything, yeah. Everything's good, right? You made it home good okay? Yeah, everyone's home all right. It was a good time. Uh, got home a little late, missed the show. Ended up missing uh, this morning. But now I know you guys cranked it out, and uh, I'm excited. Hey, man, I'll tell you, every time I hear- we're going to send some aspirin down there for you, brother. <laughs> we'll just I, woke up, I woke up for work. I woke up for work. It'll be all right. I'll tell you this, too. Uh, every time someone talks about a Christmas party at work or, or a spouse's Christmas party, I immediately think of the office episodes, man, every time. Mm-hmm. Like, I imagine that's exactly how it is. Right? Christmas is Christmas is Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Uh, happy birthday, Jesus. Yeah. Sir, what what was it he said? Just give me little sweet baby Jesus in the manger Christmas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yankee swap. 
<laughs> Yee, happy happy birthday, Jesus. Sorry, your sorry, your party's lame. Ain't that what you say? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't get any better oh, than that. Man. I'm telling you. All right, let's kick this thing off. Uh right off the bat. Let's talk about kind of uh what we started to talk about earlier this morning, which was Devondre Campbell, obviously, had kind of a cryptic tweet drop. I know Mike Wall responded to it too. And uh, you know, I think Mike Wall gave probably the best, the best explanation of it saying he feels like he was referring to people criticizing him on Twitter. I know Keyshawn Nixon has since put a tweet out, too, talking about people who are, you know, quote, unquote, you know, breaking down the tape and all that. And people, you know, think they know what's going on and they don't. You know, basically that was the type of message he gave. But Rob that's DeMond- funny because that's kind of how we looked at our defense on Sunday. Yeah, right. True. <laughs> kind of looked like our defense didn't know what was going on. I don't think anybody did on Sunday, man. Even the fans. I mean, just the, the the reactions immediately following it. I'm seeing people post about, man, this is a cover three. I'm like, ain't no cover three. What the hell are you looking at? That? <laughs> what are we doing out here? Anyway, Rob Domofsky, uh said uh, he quote tweeted Devondre Campbell, which Devondre Campbell's tweet originally said, not going out of my way anymore, and I'm not playing through injuries anymore because when poopy goes wrong, they always use it against you. I'm treating everyone accordingly and giving the same energy they've given me. Focus on yourself and your mental 59. You owe it to yourself. Rob Namofsky quote tweeted him and said, perhaps he'll explain this uh, further either in this forum or with reporters tomorrow. But assuming it's about Joe Barry being retained or it's about his position coach's film grade or about fans slash media who criticize him is irresponsible. Uh, efforting comment from his camp now. The best of my knowledge, he never heard from his camp. Surprise, surprise, right? <laughs> I can't imagine they were just sitting around going, I wonder if Rob Domofsky is going to tweet about this. Um, yeah. But, you know, with all that being said, um, it is it is amazing in the comments. It's immediately people were like, Joe Bear, I can't believe Joe Bear. He's ruined this team and this and that. I'm like, fellas, I, I think we're uh, jumping the gun saying he's talking about Joe Barry here. Um, I personally think it was all of the criticism he took on social media is probably my best guess, but that kind of uh, sparked a lot of conversation on Twitter. Obviously, like it, you know, we we would expect it to. Dan Orlovsky broke down a video on Twitter, and I thought this would be a good opportunity to kind of deep dive just a touch. It's going to be a little mini chalk talk, okay? So for those of you in the comments, if for some reason the stream goes down, it's because it's detecting copyright material, which is the the tape, okay? And it will come back fairly soon. Okay. Last week it didn't go down at all. We're just going to break down one play though. So don't think it's going to be going up and down, up and down all night long. All right. But Dan Orlovsky broke down one play. This one doesn't specifically pertain to Devondre Campbell. It's more about Quay Walker. And I just wanted to kind of hit on it real quick. Let's see what Dan Orlovsky had to say about this play. And then we're going to kind of, kind of deep dive a little bit into what, what the call may have been. And just to kind of give people just a little a little glimpse as to how complex the quarter system can be, all right, from an Alabama viewpoint. But here goes Dan Orlovsky. Again, another example, Green Bay defensively, of what many people, certainly the fans, are frustrated about with their defense. This is the first third down of the game. So this is a very game plan specific, you've prepared all week for this situation type of call. This isn't an in-game adjustment. Tampa Bay comes out, Mike by himself, okay? And then four strong. They're going to motion and kick outside of Mike. So they're basically an empty. Mike is in the slot. Now, Green Bay is going to play coverage and roll over the top and play essentially two-man or two, excuse me, 
to Mike Evans's side. Totally fine. Get that. You know, they've got this defender, that nickel defender, hands-on, safety plays over the top. It looks like they're playing some type of like cover six cloud or cover six where it's cover two backside and then some type of a cover three zone or court. I, I don't know exactly what this plays out to be, but here's my issue. So it's third and four. Okay, so if you want to kick to Mike Evans' side, completely understood. It's third and four. You essentially have one, two, three, four dedicated to Mike Evans' side and two guys dedicated to the three-man surface. And absolutely no restriction. Baker could have thrown it to anybody and it would have been a completion. Bottom of the screen. But that's the story. Third down, no challenge, no restriction. So everyone talks about the first round talent and at times it's warranted. I just don't know how often they're given the chance to play. No one, it's third and four. No one's remotely close to Chris Godwin, an all pro wideout. All right, so here's the issue. First of all, everything Dan's saying is true, obviously. And listen, in no way, shape, or form are any of my comments here to say Dan doesn't know what he's talking about. Dan knows more about football. He's he's forgot more about football than I will ever know, okay? I want to make that abundantly clear. But he, he took a minute and a half to kind of break a play down, right? Obviously, he couldn't get into all the details. So what I'm going to do is you will notice on that film, right, they were playing a shell. They were playing too high. OK, so they started off in a quad look, what we call quad right for, you know, it's an empty quad right. They motion over to make a two by three. OK, so you got trips right and you got doubles on the left. OK, so what I want to do is now play a quick video. You guys have heard me talk about man match principles within within the quarters coverage. Right. I've talked about it all year long. And, I, and every time I talk about it, I go, guys, there's no time. There's not enough time to break down every single coverage. Just. I spoke to one college coach, and just in cover three alone, I've, I've used this as a reference many, many times. He said they have 10 different cover three zone calls, meaning at one time the, the corner may play cut. He may play in, right? He may he, he may play cut. The next time, the safety may rob. The safety may be playing in the box and him cover the flat. The safety may be in the box and cover deep third, and the other safety ro rotate down and play hook. Like there's a ton of different ways you could play, okay? I'm just going to give you guys a little smidget of Nick Saban's cover seven. And essentially what cover seven is, is you've got four, you've got seven people in coverage. And on trip side, you're going to play what we call box. You've heard me say box and triangle all year long, right? Watch this quick little clip and then we'll go to the telestrator and I'll try to explain what I'm seeing and how this was probably Quay Walker. I can't imagine Joe Barry said, hey, Quay, listen, buddy, if they go, if they go three by on this side, don't even focus on that side. Focus on the two-by side where we've already got three defenders. I'm sorry, that wasn't the play call. But let's watch this uh, box triangle video real quick. thing in Saban's system is mod coverage with a two-safety shot. Everything we'll talk about from here on are, are variations in that scheme to give different looks, defend different types of concepts, and create advantages for Alabama's defense. That means the defense may be in mod coverage in its vanilla form to one side and a triangle or box coverage variation to the other. Triangle coverage simply refers to three defenders over two receivers, which creates a triangle, and box coverage is four defenders over three, which creates a box. How those triangles and boxes are created are the different calls in Saban's system. 
All right. So that's just a brief overview, right? I'm gonna now I'm gonna bring you in here the Telestrator real quick. I'm gonna go full screen. You guys confirm it's full screen for you. Yep. All right, cool. So here's that very look that Dan just broke down. So you can see they start off in quad, right? And I'm gonna show you right here what I mean by quad. They're in an empty set. There's nobody in the backfield, right? You've got four receivers or targets on that side. So it's a four by one, what we call quad right. All right. So now when before the ball is snapped, they're going to motion a guy over. And again, keep in mind, they are in what I would imagine is 11 personnel. Actually, they may have been in 10 personnel because it looks like we might have a dime look here. So it's not a nickel two, four, five. It's a dime look. And Quay's the only linebacker in there. That's the way I'm seeing it. When I say linebacker, excluding the edges who are technically outside linebackers. Okay. So now you see they shift over, right? Now you're going to end up with what we call a two by three. Okay. So you got three targets on the right side. You got two on the left. So when they motion over, right here is what I want you to key in on is Quay. Keep in mind what we just talked about. No matter what the call is when you're playing zone match, and this could have been strictly spot drop, although I don't think it is seeing how Keyshawn reacted to this play. Now, Keyshawn could be wrong too. All I know is somebody's wrong on this play. and stay as far away from everyone else on the field as possible. I promise you that wasn't the game plan going in. So it's going to be miscommunication or a missed assignment on this specific play. Dan didn't go into that great a detail. Again, he's breaking down plays from all 32 teams constantly. He's not going to take 15, 20 minutes to break down one play, especially one that was not a huge gain, although it was an important third down. So remember what we just talked about with the box, right? Up top, you've got two targets, right? You got two targets. The goal in everything in football, unless you're being aggressive and blitzing, just like a hat count in the run game, is to stay plus one in every situation. That's the number one goal. Okay. So when we look at that with those two set, those two targets, right? You got two there, you got three down here. So the goal should be over these two, you want three. There's your three defenders. Over these three, you want four. Those are your four defenders. Notice there's no race, no reason for Quay to be keyed in on the backfield because it's an empty set, right? So now let's take it and let's draw this out. Triangle, right? What we just talked about. Three over two is triangle, right? Four over three is box. Now it's a funny looking box because Quay's cheated so far in, right? Now watch how this plays out. Watch Quay, keying on Quay right here. Okay, keying on Quay. As we roll the tape, watch what he does. Now, now look, you see up top, right? He snugs up now. He's going to play a little press here, okay? It's not press man, but Dan Orlovsky, he said it right. Essentially what you've got is half quarter, quarter. That's going to be half, quarter, quarter, right? So these defenders, where are they dropping to? You're going to notice Key is going to play, you know, if it was cut, if it was cut, if it was cover seven cut or cover six cut, this guy would break in on any short route. Instead, he's dropping deep, so it can't be cut, all right? So essentially what you're going to have, I believe this is Keyshawn Nixon here in the slot. He's going to go to the flat, and you're going to see Dre is going to key in over here. For whatever reason, I have no idea. Now, unless they specifically told him, I want you to bracket Mike Evans no matter what, that makes no sense with three targets over here. But you'll see him look over immediately, and the reason I think Quay's in the wrong here is key in on Jonathan Owens up top. When he snugs up, watch the technique he's playing. Ball snapped. He's playing inside leverage, right? Mm -hmm. So with him playing inside, and now you're seeing down here on the bottom, this defender going to the flat. He, he's seeing this guy kind of chopping down already. He's got to cover that. 
there's your deep quarter. What could be your quarter, but if there's no immediate threat, it looks like he's kind of playing cover three. That could be the case. But nonetheless, there is your box. The only the only deal here is look how far out of position Quay is to help with that trip's look. So you'll see him cheat, cheat. Look, that is not in the play call, guys. There's not a defensive coordinator in the league that's going to say, all right, we got a trip set here. Let's put two defenders on. It's not – I think what happened was Quay got caught looking. I think Quay just peeked over. He, it's almost as if he didn't know what this guy was going to be covering, running, right? Jonathan Owens. And Jonathan Owens didn't know what Quay was going to be playing. Because notice how he kind of – he's just ready to pass him off. Of course, if you if you look up top here too, right, up here, look at the technique he's playing with. They're both playing trail technique, which means they're expecting help over the top here. So I still think it is half-quarter – quarter although Dan at the end it was like I don't even think it's that look at where look at where all the leverage is two deep on this side one over here to me that's half that's where Quay is at he covered no one no and I'm not here to bash Quay I'm just simply pointing out I, I have a hard time believing that was the defensive play call so as you watch it play out there's going to be a box cam here behind them too and this will really show you just just how he didn't he didn't really cover anyone on this play. So look at Quay in the middle. You see him down here, right? Let's watch him. See him cheat over last second, take a peek. J.O.'s playing inside technique, and Quay just drifts that way, and you leave three targets. You, you leave three targets open for two to cover. So the only, I the think, only thing I can – You know, and listen, regardless if that's what it was or not. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say the only thing ahead, I can think of is with no no running back in the backfield, Quay's cheating thinking Evans is going to run a, a middle breaker or something. That's the only thing I can think of, which he kind of mm -hmm. did. But either way, like you said, right. that's not the play call. The play call is for you to cover, you know, be a part of the box on the three-man side, and you're not. Right. right. I, don't, I don't know what else he's reading there. Right. All right. And and here's I think what Dan is kind of alluding to, too, is he you know, he made it sound like, hey, look, you game plan for this. This isn't a, a weird look. They come out and they empty what appears to be a 10 personnel. OK, actually, it looks like it's 11 personnel because that is a tight end. So we, we we even if we did go dime to their 11, then we're cheating pass mm -hmm. over run here. Right. Yep. But as he goes in motion to the left there. Right. Once he goes over in motion to the left. Things change here. Like you got to know now. All right, they're snugging up. I've got to help with this trip side. That's the way I said. Yeah. Yo, what are you seeing there, man? No, that, that's what I'm seeing because you got the way Owens is playing inside technique. Um, you know, Evans is already in the nasty split. Once it gets spread out, Eric Stokes backs off, goes goes outside. Then Owens knows immediately. Hey, I got to snug up. But Quay should have stayed right there, right at that left hash. And he, like you said, got caught cheating. Even if he stayed, you know, exactly where he started, he would have been in a hundred times better spot. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I, I think he did get caught looking. You could see it from that behind cam. His eyes kind of sat there for a second or two on Evans. Um, and honestly, it really wasn't even Evans that was burning us all day. It was Godwin. Yep. And you know, if Quay stays home, that right, that ball exactly. doesn't even get that ball doesn't even get thrown to that side of the field if Quay stays where where he should be. Yeah. I mean, he's already cheating pre-snap. He's he not even he's not even near the left hash. If he's more near that left hash, plus you got to know hat count, like you said, Clayton, right? Like the minute that motion goes to that side, Quay should automatically know 
my responsibility is over here. Mm-hmm. Right. Especially know? with and the we, back and tight end to that side and too. And just based so. off of, yep. Yeah. Based off of everybody's post snap movement, I think that the end result was supposed to be box, right? That's where I think people were supposed to end up. Now, yes, he's got to be able to run with him. He's got to be able to run with him if someone attacks the scene. There could be a choice baked into that play, right? They simply look up. As soon as it's pre-snap, I guarantee you, Goblin looks up and goes, oh, dang, he's cheating to the other side. All right, let's just run us a little choice here. All right, right here. Look, look, look. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and again, that's that's looking at the tape, right? And hindsight's 2020. This isn't to try to, to try to make anyone look bad or anything like that, right? It's just simply we're trying to figure out, okay, what was the play call? What was what was the call there in that situation? And when you look at it like it, as I try to get everything straightened back out here, um, when you look at it from that perspective, now let's go back and let's cross-reference, right? Let's go back and cross-reference. What were the, DF, the, the defensive PFF grades? Look at Quay Walker. Look at his coverage grade, 28.3. PFF watches the tape, and they go, yeah, that's on Quay. Again, the only way it would make sense, and I would go, okay, it's on Joe Barry, is if Joe Barry specifically schemed something up and said, Quay, I don't care if anybody's a threat or not, you sit right in the middle of the field. Seeing that as soon as the ball was snapped, he looked over at uh, Mike that Evans, then to me that, that kind of tells the story. He just got kind of caught peeking and lost where he was supposed to be covering. Um, it's a tough look all the way around, but – you know, I wanted to implement a little bit of that that Saban cover seven look, right? And how it's not to say that they were playing cover seven. It's not to say that they weren't playing cut, although we know they weren't playing cut because if they were playing cut, the corner would have drove down and then the safety would have dropped back deep and carried the number two and been in a little bit better position to cover that. I'm simply saying the overall goal when you're playing a quarter, quarter, half or cover six is to stay plus one in every single scenario which means triangle against three and box against, or I'm sorry, triangle against two and box against trips. Okay. So hopefully that makes some sense. And again, Dan didn't go into that much depth. He's just simply shown this is a mess and Mm -hmm. he is 100% right. That is a mess. So um, Tim, any thoughts, anything you want to add to that? I just thought we'd kind of lead off with that because I was in here looking at the tape earlier and that kind of stood out to me. Sorry guys. Uh, Doing a little housekeeping here. Um, no, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I think something about this. I don't know if it's per player or if it's a system thing. We've, we've had enough talk about the scheme and the system. I don't know what it is about these players get an assignment and they, it's not just Quay. We've seen it from other guys that they feel like they've got to do a little more than what they're being asked to do all the time. Well, if I could just, maybe I could cheat here and then I can still get back to my assignment or maybe, maybe they're doing that. It's like, is it like over analysis or overthinking? Because I'm with you, Clayton. I can't I can't see a scenario where, you know, we're telling Quay to just stand in the middle of the field and do nothing. You know, right. it's not you're taking yourself out of the play if you're just and, holding holding middle field on a play like that. Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. And we're not in those meeting rooms, right? right. But yep. I just don't I think it's highly unlikely. You know, right. he uh, could, could have could have given him an option. And, you know, when he went with went with his choice, he stuck with it a little too long. And, you know, Quay got caught looking. That's could be just something that simple, you know. Right. It could have been small. It takes is one guy, like we said. Right. One guy yeah. off mm-hmm. off assignment off the one eleven, you know. Yep. Yeah. 
Yep. Right. And that whole quad look, that quad empty look, you know, I think it kind of threw a wrench and everything. I think when they come out, they're just like, okay, oh crap, how are we going to defend this? And then when they motioned over, he got a little more lax, like, okay, they're, they're trying to create a little space on that side. Let me key in on Mike Evans, which Mike Evans is a game record. We know that. Uh, the problem is when you got two number one receivers, that's what you're faced with. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I know people were saying it was so stupid for Joe Barry to have linebackers covering the slot. Guys, you have no choice when you've got two number one wide receivers unless you're just going to play all DBs and go with a quarter look, right? When I say quarter, I mean quarter personnel, not quarter right. cover. We were just in dime right there in that one you just showed. So I right. remember we I remember we talked about that post game. I was I literally said, "What are we going to do? Be in dime?" And there it is, bam, popped right up. Like, hey, we tried dime. That still didn't work. Even against even against eleven personnel, it wasn't like they were running four wide or five actual wide receivers. So, right. um, you know. Yep, definitely. Uh, Smug Industries, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He said, it's not just Packer fans who don't like Joe Barry, though. Chris Long was dunking on him today. Seems like nobody respects him. You're 100% correct. And notice I didn't say this isn't Joe Barry's fault. I'm just simply saying I have a hard time believing that's a play call. And and there are many people who just look at that video and go, just another Joe Barry special playing soft. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, if, if let's put it this way. If that was his play call, he should have never been hired in the first place. I have a hard time believing that yep. that was the play call. Now, again, you you look at Mike Wall's video where he points out Devondre Campbell and then we're trying to communicate. They don't get the communication in and they end up burnt, right? You go to Matt LaFleur's presser that everybody absolutely hated. And what did he say? We all have smartphones and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right. A company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high value Jordan Love card. But with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you look at the tape, this is day one install stuff that are that are miscommunications right now, mm-hmm. right? That that it doesn't get any more vanilla. That's what Dan Orlovsky was trying to say too. Like, man, it's a mess. To me, it feels like he's lost the players. They're they are just not interested in 
playing playing for Joe Barry. That's what it feels like. I'm not saying it's right, um, but man, it just uh, right. It's it's a tough look. It Day is. one so, intel failures are things that make coaches just want to pull their hair out. So you know the the fact that they're happening now, 15 weeks yeah. in, there's something Dude, I'm else. And all day long, you've seen Rudy. That that one place, he was jumping up and down like a kid, pointing and screaming, pointing, mm-hmm. and nobody looked back. Right. Not one per. You know they heard him, but it was just like, I'm just focusing on this, I'm focusing on this. And then Rudy finally goes like this yep. and just bailed out deep down the field like, I'm just going to tackle somebody because this is about to be a huge play. So right. he was upset about something in that situation, right, that something wasn't getting communicated. Um, so it is. Maybe, it's amazing. Maybe- Maybe the back six or seven groups need to have those those meetings like the offense has been having, you know, just kind of get, so that they could all get on the same page if that's what they're missing, you know. Option. Let me route. ask you this, though, yo, who's who's the who's the leader in that group? That's it. Who's the leader? Jaden Reed stepped up as a rookie and said, "Hey, listen, guys, we're going to figure this out." And guess what? They did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the offense is starting to cook, right? Um, I, in, in right here, let's see. Uh, number one Packer fan said, uh, it's not excuses for Barry, in my opinion. Barry is not good, at, but it's the players, too. I don't think players are trusting the scheme or the play calls. Thank you, number one Packer fan. Immediately, when you show a tape like that, and I'm sure he's responded to someone who who's mm-hmm. making a making a smart alec comment. Joe Barry apologists. It has you got to get out of that mindset, guys, yep. that it's just this guy, Joe Barry, bad. Oh, orange man, bad. That's yeah. society today. Like Joe Barry, bad. Fire Joe Barry. Get him gone. It's it's deeper than just that. He's going to be gone. I, yep. I see no scenario where he's going to be the DC next year. But if you think these are going to magically correct themselves when you're drafting high athletic, high athletic profile guys who, in at no time in college, some of these guys. The reason we went, oh, who show me the draft expert that said. Yep, Quay Walker. He's the one the Packers are taking. No one was saying it. We were all on the draft party going, who that? Whoa, whoa. And then we looked at the RAS and said, that's such a Goody pick right there, man. Not in a bad way. We wasn't going, oh, Goody screwed this one up. But it's like, he loves those athletic freaks. The downside to that is they're maybe not as seasoned as other linebackers, as other defenders, right? And it's going to take time. Um, unfortunately, you know, time ran out for Joe Barry. There's no no doubt about that. So, yeah, I appreciate that, though, number one Packer fan. Thank you for kind of saying, okay, nobody's trying to make excuses for anyone. Mm-hmm. Look right here. Barry is bad. There it is. Got it. Yep. Hey, congratulations, Ari Ironman. You're the first person I've heard say that, man. <laughs> like, it's everywhere. It was, tr- you know, what was crazy yesterday. Guess what was trending on Twitter? Fire, Fire Joe Barry. Barry. I sent a screenshot to you guys earlier today. Guess what was trending today on Twitter? Fire LaFleur. Fire Matt LaFleur. Fire Mark Murphy. Fire fire the concession manager. Fire the parking lot flag waver. Fire the water boy. Fire everyone, right? We want blood. <laughs> Let's see what Mike Hebron said in the Super Chat. He said, Chris Goblin's top receptions in a game this year was six yards, 114. He had 10 for 155 Sunday. Yes, he did, Mike. He sure did, buddy. One of the top performances of the week. Yep. And what's amazing is you played with shell coverage. I didn't count one time other than the one Tampa two play. And I'm not saying it's not out there. Not one time did you play overly aggressive either. Look at Andy Herman's tweet where he drew up the picture and he's pointing to the guy who caught the ball, right? He's pointing at him. He's like, this guy scored a touchdown. 
and there's two defenders within three yards of them before the ball is even caught. And Dre is like right on the ball, ready to pick it off. Like, sorry, man, I can't, I can't look at that and go, "Whoa, what a bad play call!" You had two people in position to make the play. There's yeah. enough blame to go around. That's all I'm saying. And will a top level DC come in and straighten some of that up? Absolutely. You get one of the brightest young minds on the defensive side of the ball, you can clean up a lot of that. I'm just not hearing anybody throw names around. Like, I'm willing to bet no matter who it is, they're going to play a lot of zone. <laughs> it's it, Everybody in the league does it. Mm-hmm, do exactly. It. But, you know, you talk to the Twitter experts, we should be playing press man 95% of the time. Look, so, this right here, you know. my man gets it right here. Look, Antonio Universe. I've never seen you in here, pal, but thanks for dropping by. N'Kobe Dean was the mock at Georgia. Walker was Walker like the was Sam. The Sam. Yep. So let me explain to you what that means, Scott, for, for some people that, that may not understand what he's talking about with the lingo, okay? Yeah, well, Jen, i got to get the Jen's comment there. Let me get to that, and then I'll get right back to him. Jen said, love his Pepto pointer. Did you guys see that, Andy that was, Yeah. Oh, Andy Herman, yeah. <laughs> hey, just a – Andy, yeah. you're the best. Pointing on the screen with the Pepto-Bismol – Bottles. Sponsorship deal incoming. What a great touch. Yes. <laughs> These last three games brought to you by Pepto Bismol. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, so Antonio Universe said Nicobe Dean was like the market. Georgia Walker was like the Sam. What he's talking about is if you're in if you're in a four three defense, you've got a, a will, a mock, and a Sam. The mock is basically the middle linebacker. The Sam will line up on the strong side, which is the tight end side. The will will line up on the weak. Typically, the Sam is a decent edge defender. They've used Nicobe Dean. If I remember correctly, he got drafted uh, to Philadelphia, and that was the whole goal was we're going to play him at Sam. He can rush the quarterback. He can also set the edge. Pretty good run defender, right? A mock is the guy. A mock and a wheel are the guys who patrol the middle of the field. They're coverage guys. You, you guys remember when we drafted Quay Walker, people immediately went, oh, we're going to use him in, in exotic blitzes. Remember mm-hmm. us talking about that? We yeah, tried it. I, I was that guy. Yeah, right. No, I was too. I'm not, you know, it's not, it's not the dog anybody. I yeah. was like, oh, look at this. We can do so many things. He, he's wearing the green dot. He's playing Mike. So, you know, can he adjust? I hope so. He's got all the athletic ability in the world to go silent. And there was one play there early on, too, where he ran down the reverse. Oh, man. Like you've seen it. It's like that dude is sideline to sideline. But unfortunately, you got situations like this, too, you know, where inexperience is going to play a role. Um, number one Packer said, I can't be a hypocrite. I've said those same things in an emotional moment, but as I learn more, I refrain from some of that. I'm half Nagler and half clay, LOL. But that'd be an ugly <laughs> movie right there. Woo. Um, yeah. So uh it, people can fan how they want, you know. Like that's it's what makes the Packer fan base so great. You want the emotional, you know, responses. I tell people all the time, you watch if you had a camera on me watching the game, you'd go, Oh boy, I I thought Clayton was different. <laughs> I just try to cool down and get on screen and go, okay, let's logically try to think through what the hell just happened. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> so that's just all it is. Um, all right, good deal. Let's see here what else we got here. Um, United Bates said, did anyone else have connection issues or did I <laughs> did I need to pay my internet bill, LOL? <laughs> Hopefully it's not too bad. No, I um, think it was just maybe during that little chalk talk a smidge, it was a little laggy, but that was a – yeah, we're using a Microsoft Surface tablet right now. So that's the first time I've tried to use the Telestrator, which is why we're not doing Chalk Talk this week. Right. Because I figured that would happen. So, yeah, what, it wasn't your internet, Bates. It was this little tablet smoking. I'm telling you right now. It was like, oh, God, what is this guy trying to do to me right now? So I'll go ahead and close some of those out and see if it helps if we are still having those. But I just want to show up. 
that box triangle stuff there. I don't know how long Carly Ray's been on hold. Carly, I'm sorry. Can you hear us? <laughs> yeah, I can hear you. I thought maybe with the tablet, it might have been a bit different. You probably couldn't see me. It was off screen. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. So this thing's smoking. It's glitching. <laughs> we couldn't even see you at the bottom. Uh, no did you get worries. to see that? Did you get to see that breakdown? I did. Yes, I did. I saw that just kind of, yeah, just from like the regular chat, the regular show while I was getting things cleaned up and it was, it was really interesting. I'll, honestly, I need to watch it again and watch it closer so I can, you know, remember it better, but it was really neat. Gotcha. Do you got any initial comments before we get into some of the offensive stuff? Is there anything that's kind of on the forefront of your mind since we just let you sit there in the waiting room for, I don't know, 40 minutes almost? <laughs> no. Um, I, well, kind of going back to the Joe Barry stuff, um, and I was wondering with the with the press conference that Matt LaFleur had and he said, um, you know, they asked him, is it, you know, time for to get a new defensive coordinator? He was like, no. And they asked him why. And which was a really gutsy question. I thought that was great. And he yeah, said, because I've seen these guys execute it before, like they executed it early in the season. And so that kind of got me wondering, how do you go from like being able to execute something and doing it well than to totally it all just disintegrating. And part of it probably has to go with what you guys have. Some of you guys have been saying about losing the locker room and different things, but I was just wondering your guys take on that. Like how does that happen where you have something going and then it all just falls apart? I, I want to pause and give like a, a good long thought out answer to that, but it would be dishonest. I feel like the most honest answer sometimes it's like when people get liquored up, you want to know how people really feel? Get them liquored up. They'll tell you, right? Um, the initial reaction is – Emilio's laughing. He's like, I seen that at the Christmas party last night. <laughs> so the initial reaction is typically the honest one, right? And the first thing that came to mind for me was all of those people going, I thought trading Rasul was supposed to kill the culture. I'm just saying. That happened. They had a couple good performances. Jair had already spoken out, right? He trades Sewell. And it's like you you have a, a couple good games, and it's like, oh, yeah, it didn't hurt the culture at all. You heard me say on the show, man, I thought it would really affect it. But I also added the caveat that it, you never have a culture problem when you're winning. The second you have a little bit of trouble, it can spiral when you have those type of moves, right? Well, what happened? The Giants game came, right? And now this game. And now what do you got? There was someone in the chat. I can't scroll back far enough to get to it. But someone in the chat earlier um, actually mentioned – that they were watching Clubhouse Live and they had Devondre Campbell and Keyshawn Nixon in it. And Devondre Campbell was asked kind of about, I guess, about the meeting with the coordinator or whatever, the defensive meeting, and he acted very, very weird about it. You want me to Keyshawn, read it off? Yeah, do you got it? Yeah, Robert Allen said, just watched uh, Clubhouse Live from Green Bay, the Packers show that had uh, Christian and Devondre on as hosts. Host asked him what it takes to fix a defense. He says there's so much I could say. He has a he has a long pause when asked the original question. Then they bring him a brat, the brat, and the host says, "Saved by the brat." LOL. Original question is a little before thirty five, um, so you, thirty five minutes, so you can see that there are issues. Gotcha. Someone bought. Wait, wait. Brought him a brat. Yeah. Talk about run. That's like interference. Talk about the diversion, man. Yeah. That's the yeah. that's that's the play action RPO. You gave him a double right blank, like. Bring me the brat. Yeah. How about them brats? Anyway, next question. I guarantee you, if we went back and watched the video, you would see the waiter would be Mark Murphy with a wig on. Like, <laughs> <laughs> let's change the subject real quick. Want a brat? Um, yeah. no, it's a tough look all the way around, man. And he added, uh, his, answer he added was, uh, his answer was cookie cutter after he thought about it. 
Yep. But the beginning was interesting. So again, that's that the wheels turning. You know, this and he is said about- Keyshawn had a strange uh, expression on his face when waiting for Dre to respond to that. Yep. Right. All right. Mike Hebring in the chat said, this is now officially a Matt LaFleur problem. I think we know who in the chat was hashtagging fire LaFleur. <laughs> Joe Barry is the sideshow. If Matt won't make a tough decision, he's not the right man to head coach this team in the offseason, of course. what What is – so you're saying because he wouldn't fire Barry immediately following that game, then he's not the head coach of the future? Are we already – are we forgetting how this offense is literally freaking propelling – so you're going to get rid of one of the one of the top play callers in the league, with with arguably the youngest offense in the league. Like I have to respectfully disagree, Mike. I do. Um, he's going to be gone most likely, right? So what firing him right now? What does that do now? Immediately, people said Philadelphia is in the hunt for a Super Bowl, and they were willing to admit they had a problem and fire their DC. How'd that work last night, guys? Did that magically fix the problem? They lost last night, right? Or did I look at that score wrong? Didn't they lose to the Seattle Seahawks yeah. last night? So it's it's there's not just a by God, he's the problem. Get him out of here. That'll fix everything. Now, listen, I've heard some podcasts and I they will remain nameless hearing them say, He's the problem. Why can't you see this? You think he when he goes and watches the tape, it's like all of a sudden Matt LaFleur is an absolute moron. And I'm not saying Mike feels like this and is a, as passionate about this, but some of the podcasters are like, how can Matt LaFleur be so stupid that he doesn't see that this is the problem? Guys, he knows it's the problem. He knows it's the problem. And there, Mike Hebring said in the offseason, got you, buddy, got you. It'll happen in the offseason. I'm convinced of that. Um, if you if you go watch the presser and the Packer fans saying, fire Joe Barry, fire Joe Barry, every freaking comment, that right there will probably be enough to get it done. I'm just, I've just been a Packer fan long enough to remember fire Dom Capers, fire Mike Pettin. Now it's fire Joe Barry. And it's like, what's the issue? What did we just lay out? Quay Walker missed an assignment. Got it. Okay, he played Sam at Georgia, but, boy, he got a great RAS. Maybe we're asking people to do things they can't do. Like Demarius Randall. Y'all remember Demarius Randall? Yeah. Remember when they, they drafted him, right? And they tried to move him to safety, to corner, all this. Oh, wait, wait, it doesn't matter. He's, he's going to be great. We're just going to fit a square peg into a round hole because he fits our criteria. Never panned out. Never did. Another one was Ha Ha Clinton Dix, right? Yeah. Ha Ha Clinton Dix never did really cut the corner. Amazing person. Amazing person. One of the best football names ever, too. Love what he does with the, uh, you know, with the, uh, you know, whatever police agency. You know, he does a lot of work like that. It's something he's passionate about supporting police officers and wanting to be one himself. Um, respect that and, and appreciate it all. But you're just you're trying to you're trying to fit square pegs into round holes. You did it with Rashawn Gary too. Now we've got to acknowledge the positives of this too. The positives, as Coach Mock would say, you know, Rashawn Gary was someone who played the interior at Michigan, and the stats were so bad. I'll never forget. I went to my buddy Jeremy, Jeremy Henry. I went to him. He's a big a big Michigan fan. I said, Hey man, tell me about Rashawn Gary. He said, Clayton, he's going to be phenomenal, dude. He said. He, he was so unselfish at Michigan, and he just played the role they wanted him to play, one to three tech is essentially what he said. And I was going, okay, got it. And I just stayed in the – everybody else was getting blocked by Rashawn Gary on Twitter because they were bashing him, right? And then all of a sudden, boom, he blows up. I went to Jeremy immediately. He was like, bro, you nailed it. You nailed it. So it can happen, but it's going to take some time, you know, and everybody wants it to happen right now. So, um, 
Yeah, let's see here. There was somebody else here in the chat real quick. Like like Mike Hebring did say in the offseason. Um, let's see here. Doug Pointer says fixing the problem is less important than saving the locker room. Um, yeah, it, I mean, if you if you think Joe Barry is what's wrong with the locker room and you're one of those people that uh yeah, I don't say that disrespectfully. I'm being I'm just having a conversation here. If you're one of those people that think um what De- Devondre Campbell was saying was in reflection of, you know, the coaching staff and not the fans. Mike Wall seemed to think it was about the fans because people were just absolutely roasting Dre all week long. It's amazing how the fans spent all that time bashing the hell out of Devondre Campbell because he's playing hurt. And then the second he speaks out, they go, oh, look, see, he's talking about Joe Barry. Nah, mm-hmm. I think he might be talking about you. <laughs> they get excited and they can't wait to just drag players, Barry, whoever they can to a cheese grater. It's like – Right. Unbelievable. Right. Didn't uh, didn't Devondre wasn't he playing hurt last year as well? And we didn't find out to the end of the season. Was that him yep. or am I wrong? Yep, same guy. Yep, you're exactly right. At the end of the season, uh, I actually he I tweeted I tweeted something about him. I think in the preseason because it was going into the season, he was talking about playing hurt last year or whatever. And he actually retweeted it. He actually responded to it too. Um, but yeah, he was playing hurt last year. And then immediately cue up that way well, he's fragile. If you can't get on the field and get him off the team, okay. Okay, hot shot. Go play your pickup basketball with all your overweight friends. And yeah, I love like all the backseat. Dri- I love all the backseat drivers that want to speak up. I just can't. I just can't handle it, man. Yeah. So, anyway, there's enough blame to go around, like we've said all year long. It's just not the exciting argument. So, I just wanted to, like I said, I've been looking for a reason to implement that box and triangle. When I watched that earlier, I was like, oh, man, this is a perfect example right here of kind of we're playing away from leverage, right? So, uh, Mike Evering, look at him. He said, let's switch the topic here, boys. He said, this offense is rolling and will be one of the one of the top offenses next season. Matt cannot let the defense be the long-term reason they were not successful. That sounds familiar, Mike. Uh, this hire will – be uh be his most important completely agree with that it will be his most important hire but isn't it funny what have we talked about aaron Rodgers for the last decade if they just get him a decent defense in here right mike Pettin came in they had a solid defense that first year y'all remember that and then what did it turn into if we could just get aaron Rodgers a number one receiver we need a first round draft pick wide receiver to fix everything aaron Rodgers ain't even here anymore <laughs> life comes at you fast so um, but yeah, Mike, let's talk about the offense, buddy. Since you brought that up real quick, uh, let's see here. PFF grades, we didn't hit them earlier from the offense. This is good news, guys. This offense looked really good. I felt like against Tampa, I know they only scored 20 points. Um, typically, when the other team drops 34, <laughs> you get other opportunities, so you kind of kind of wish they could have scored more points given the extra opportunities with you know the other team just kind of going right down the field. But uh, Rashid Walker. 41 snaps, there, that answers your question. So he didn't play every snap, Emilio. Was that you had asked me that? Yeah, yeah, okay. So 41, that's a great question then. 88.7 PFF grade. Uh, number two, Dontavian Wicks, 78.8. He got more – this is the most snaps I think he's gotten all year. 47 snaps, 78.8 PFF grade. Jaden Reed, 76.3. Elton Jenkins, 75.5. Zach Tom. 73.0, Josh Nyman, 71.2, Malik Heath, 71.1, Tucker Graft, 69.6, Bo Melton, 68.8. Now, who underperformed? All those victory lappers with Josh Myers there a few weeks ago. Turn your head once again this week, 45.0 for Josh Myers. 44.3 pass blocking, 43.8 run blocking. Okay, uh, Sean Ryan, I know a lot of people were excited about him. He only played 29 snaps, 47.5 was his grade. John Runyon played 31 snaps, and he actually graded out 66.6. 
with kind of the old John Runyon look, a 85.1 pass blocking grade. So solid pass blocking. Of course, his run blocking has always been bad. So when you kind of look at those grades and how they fall into place, you got to get excited about these receivers. I, I don't want to pile on Romeo Dobbs. I think he is a great receiver. I think he's going to – I said going into this year, I think Romeo Dobbs is a solid number two receiver. I didn't see him as a number one. There was many people that seen him as a number one. 60.4, he's now, I think, the third highest graded receiver on the team. So you're seeing Dontavian Wicks and Jaden Reed start to separate themselves. Uh, let's go around the horn. I'll start with Carly since she's waited all night. What do you think about those grades, Carly? Is uh, anything stick out to you? What are you excited about when it comes to the offense? And maybe is there something that, that we can get better at? I was just looking at the just the number of snaps and how Jordan Love and Josh Myers are the two obviously on every single snap and I was like man can we just try another center just somebody please All right. All right. I agree it's a uh, and it's such an important position and it, it's this is where you get into the whole you know the only I'm not saying that I guess I am saying I'm trying to be nice here I was going to say the 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 only thing worse than making a bad draft pick is refusing to admit you make a, dra- a bad draft pick, right? And how many games do we have to see it? How many people do we have to hear break down the tape and talk about talk about Josh? Now people are immediately going to put the target back on Josh. That's not the goal here. It's just simply you 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 hit the nail on the head, Charlie. Like they touch the ball every single play. Tim, what sticks out to you on this list here, bro? Um, I, I'm sure you'll get to Mike Ebering here in a second with the super chat, but um, I, yeah. I'm echoing his sentiment here. Um, I wanna I wanna say this uh, with certainty. Read it like, off, man. Go ahead and read it off, man. I think we have our left tackle, fellas, Rashid, and mm-hmm. I'm right there with you. Except I want to see Rashid do this again. This was probably his best game. I think year. it was. Yeah. So I I'd like to see it again this week. And maybe maybe somewhere again. Let's see how he grades out closing out this season. But uh, I would I would lean that way definitely. I think Mike's on to something here because you know we've brought Yash in and out a few times this year, um, and, and tried him over there at left tackle. He's clearly not the answer, but I think he's a he's a great backup option uh, for us moving ahead. Um, but you know I think it's like the same thing we said about Jordan with with Rashid here. We need to see the whole season. And I certainly want to see these next uh, three games here with him. If he can build on that performance and continue to be consistent over there, um, I'm going to be just as excited as Mike right now about him because that would that would solve a lot of issues with us going forward. You know, being one less uh, point of emphasis on that offensive line. You know, allow us to maybe address those issues at center and right guard rather than having to also think about left tackle beyond uh, you know Rasheed Walker and whatever's going to happen with Bakhtiari. So. I want to see consistency out of him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, I'm I'm with you, Tim. I immediately think, okay, great game. Let's let's see some consistency, right? Let's let's continue to build off that. And I feel like he has been been a little bit consistent here of late, right? So if you do, here's what's really cool, Emilio. If if Rasheed Walker is the left tackle of the future, and we know Zach Tom is the right tackle of the future. Not only do you have one of the cheapest wide receiver, you, I think you do have the cheapest wide receiver room in the entire NFL. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have one of the cheapest tackle rooms in the entire NFL. Oh, by the way, tackle and quarterback are the most expensive positions on the offensive side of the ball, right? Some right. some would argue receiver is, but we know Green Bay is not going to break the bank for receivers. They never have, probably never will, right? But uh, what do you think about that, Emilio? That little um, tackle room, man. We got, I mean, that's that's Dollar Tree stuff. Getting that, uh. Trying to think of a high end store here. 
getting that mall quality, I guess. I don't right. know. I was right. gonna say Walmart. Back home, Walmart was the big thing, boy. You go to Walmart, <laughs> woo, we high rolling. Uh-huh. No, exactly though. Like you and Tim were saying, uh Rashid, we, we need to see it again. But do you remember when Bakhtiari and Elton were getting on the same page and that run that we could actually run the ball to the left side? We would we would actually get some collapse, you know, they would collapse the the whole side, collapse mm-hmm. the edge down. Uh mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm I'm liking to see there. And like you said, it would be the youngest and uh, or probably the, the one of the cheapest and one of the youngest left tackle wide receiver, um, you know, combos in the league, which is awesome to see. You know, we had a tough game. Uh, Aaron Jones coming back, uh, 63, not terrible. You know, he was just coming back from the injury. But Patrick Taylor, we didn't we didn't really have, you know, um, a running back that was uh, average. You know, we were still kind of hovering at average and below there. So um, we didn't have that aspect of the game and it's you know it's, it's all three phases we haven't we haven't had jordan love just take off and throw 50 times a game and win win it for us you know so i don't know if we're, we're built for that i don't even know if you know matt wants the offense to run like that so um just having having the run game and that option and, and being set on both sides is, is awesome to see definitely a fam in the chat says let josh myers walk i think a lot of people agree with that a fam um, as far as let him walk, I don't think you can let him walk right now. I think he's under contract for one more year. You could cut him if you want to, but I think you've got a ton of experience there. If you did try to find someone to start at center, I think it could be invaluable having him as a as a backup center and a backup guard, right? Because he's got so much time. Let the contract play its way out. I would, you know, we seen a little bit of a spurt from Josh Myers a couple weeks ago, right? Three weeks ago, whatever it was. You notice how when the team was playing the best, Josh Myers was playing better for the most part. I'm telling you, man, the center position is so important. I'm this close to putting it on tier one on my positions. Coach Hahn has talked me out of it a couple of times. <laughs> I was like, Coach, why why am I coming away thinking that center is just as valuable as left tackle? I said, which one would you put more value? He said, they're both important, but that blind side, man, got to have a stud, you know, protecting that blind side. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna revert to or uh, you know uh, concede, I should say, to uh, someone who's coached as much ball as Coach Hahn and understands the game for sure. Let's see, Maine in the chat said, got to give Goody his flowers for Rashid and Tom <laughs> and Reed. And mm-hmm. Wicks and Craft mm-hmm. and Musgrave, <laughs> bro. And hey, here's another one too. Jordan Love, right? You know how I feel. I think we hit. I think I, I'm Lucas feeling bad. I was just gonna say that, Tim. I was. When, when do we? When? When is it gonna be? You know, his time. I'm excited. Will it be the end of this year? Will it be next year? <laughs> Love it. Buddy. Let's see. Robert Allen in the chat said the only problem with his with this plan is they all come up for second contracts at the same time. If they pan out, you're going to lose some of these guys. Oh, absolutely, you're going to. You can't sign everybody, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you got to be very strategic. you got to decide, okay, who are the two you're going to keep? Now, when you say they're going to come up at the same time, we're talking about three years down the road, right? That's the beauty of the plan, right? we got plenty right. of time to evaluate. And that's a good problem to have. Oh, crap, all these guys are great. How are we supposed to keep all of them? Well, we can't. Well, we're not afraid to trade them. So, um, you know, we can do that too. Get yeah. a couple in return. Absolutely. Um, Chris in in the chat says, let Josh Myers cook. Oh, we're going to give him some. <laughs> hey, listen. Oh, we're going to give him. Some <laughs> yeah. I-, I wish he would cook right now. I feel like it's just takeout, man. I think he's just having, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> ramen. <laughs> <laughs> I want him to pan out because, dude, I've never seen a center that big. Like, I mean, I'm sure they, they've been, you know, they exist, but. When you see someone that's – I mean, he is a big center. That's the guy you want to pan out. And and he is kind of a more of a power-type 
blocker. Like when I say power, I mean like a pulling center. He's right. he's got the athletic ability to pull if you want to pull the center. Which is, which is why like, we got like maybe he's more of a tackle, right? Which is why we were excited when we saw him running 15 yards down the field, crushing the corner at the first down marker. You know, that's like, that's what we want to see. But how often do we get to see him swinging out there? You know, <laughs> absolutely. Doug Pointer with the super chat. Thank you so much, buddy. We appreciate it. He said, Clayton, please don't worry about upsetting me. Love your show. And you cannot learn anything. If everyone agrees, learn something every time I visit. Hey, I learn something every time I talk to you guys too, you guys and gals. Um, I appreciate the kind words, man. I, I try to I try to guard my words because I don't want to come across as like, you know, my God, guys, you're you're idiots. You're not. I'm telling you, if 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 I can learn as much as I have, being the redneck idiot I am, you guys are way further ahead than I am. Like you you higher ceiling than me. But I'm glad that you said that though, because sometimes I get I'm like maybe we should just. Maybe we should milk it down here and just talk about just basic stuff. But I don't know, man. It's just the deep dives into the X's and O's that I really get excited about. I'm an, it's what we call nerding out, right? And that's that's me for sure. Um, let's see here. Brooke in the chat says, Enigbare, spelling. <laughs> Welcome to the club. Nobody knows how to really – it took us forever. Jacob still – I know Carly knows about this. Jacob has taken so many victory laps over being <laughs> the first one to pronounce his name right. Because <laughs> – yeah, Brooke was right there, though. I mean, just one letter. Yeah, just, right. Just right? one. Just yeah. off by a letter. Pretty close. Yeah. She said, Enigbare on the strip sack was like Danny in the replacements. It's so true. Oh, so my. Right. Yeah. I got the ball. You got the got ball. The ball. I got you the ball. Okay, go sit down now, Danny. Yeah, Matt LaFleur <laughs> said, go, go, go sit down, JJ. Go sit down. I love it. Love it. Chris in the chat says, they should try Myers at guard before they dump him. And it's so harsh before they dump him, before they kick him out of the building, try him at guard. Um, I agree. What better be hurt, right guard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, I'm, we, in, no, in no way, shape, or form, I'm vouching for Chris here. He's not saying start him over Elton, I promise you. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Right. Not happening. Not happening. Uh, let's see. Mike with the super chat. Rashid PFF, 74.8 pass blocking, 62.7 run blocking grades for the year. It Sounds continues. like a perfect Packers tackle. <laughs> yeah, it, yeah. It continues to rise, man. And listen – if you're that good at pass blocking, we can deal with the 60s run blocking. We right. just can't deal with the 30s and 40s. You know what I mean? But uh, mm-hmm. got a couple more screen grabs. Do you, here. Do you think? Uh, do you think like Runyon or uh, Ryan will will <clears throat> if they think their spots you know uh, up for grabs this year at right guard? Do you think either one of them would say, "Hey, I'm going to be a center. You know, I'll put I'll put the you know the the stone down. I'll start grinding it out. You know, learning the tape, learning the calls, all that." <laughs> hey. It's funny how when you when you worry about losing your job, you can figure out all kinds of stuff, right? <laughs> no, you, get no, no, up, you get rolled up twice at work, and it's yeah. like, I don't need it. I can take trash out. I can wash yeah. this. I can bring it. <laughs> but uh, this is pretty cool right here. Carl, let me get your take on this. Rasheed Walker, 88.7 PFF grade versus the Bucks. He was the first – he was first in the NFL amongst all tackles in week 15. That's, uh, that's pretty cool, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm glad. I'm glad because I was I was very skeptical at the beginning of the season how he was going to work out. We all were. We all were. There's no, no doubt about it. Uh, let's see here. Another cool one here. And then again, uh, Mike, thank you so much for the super chat, buddy. We appreciate you. Um, this came in from a Twitter account. I, I, I don't know the person. Obviously, the name's Jacob at Notions of Jacob. He said, unless things go way off the rails, Jordan Love probably ends his first season as starter with a stat line similar to. 4,139 passing yards, 
32 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, passer rating of 90.8. That's a big win, right, for a first-year starting quarterback playing in the youngest offense in the NFL. That was mind-boggling to me when mm-hmm. I seen that. Um, like, I mean, you what? I can't remember what I said at the first of the year. I want to say I said 25 and 15. I said 25 touchdowns, 15 interceptions. Sounds I'm right. happy with that performance. And 32 and 13 is what he's tracking. Mm-hmm. And imagine if he comes out this week against Carolina and somehow, some way, throws three touch touchdowns and, and zero interceptions. You know what I'm saying? That's going to skyrocket right. even more. It's pretty impressive. I mean, to break 4,000 yards in his first year starting would be unreal right. as well. Absolutely, man. Um, if you guys would hit that like button for us, so other Packer fans uh, can find us, right there, right there, and <laughs> we we appreciate it. Thank you so much. Um, Jacob Morley tweeted that he had some bangers. He tweeted out today. This was one. Jaden Reed is one of two NFL players to record 100-plus rushing yards, multiple rushing touchdowns, multiple 50-plus yard receptions, 500-plus receiving yards, six-plus receiving touchdowns. Christian McCaffrey is the other player in the league this year to do that. Oh, by the way, Tariq Hill is the only other rookie in NFL history to do this. That's amazing. So, so, so I had no idea. That's awesome. I paused for dramatic effect. Yeah, it was <laughs> absolutely amazing, man. When you start seeing stats like that, and I'm not a big stat guy, I'm not a big, well, let's compare them to this and that. Like when you see stuff like that, Tim, bro, <laughs> we, we, I think we got us a dog in Jaden Reed, man. Uh, absolutely. You know, I told him that in camp. I said, man, you're a star. Just, just have a great year. Keep, keep your, uh, keep your head focused where it needs to be. Just keep your head down and work, man. You're a star. And uh, he is, he's proven to be a star. And, you know, there very rarely do you see exceptions to the rule of, um, you know, the, the old rule that rookies are usually pretty bad. I mean, let's be honest, regardless of what position you play, there's a learning curve when you go from college to the NFL. Um, but every once in a blue moon, yeah, Tyreek Hill being the last time we saw this, you get a guy like, like Jaden Reed, who's an exception to the rule and looks like a vet. He looked like a vet at training camp. We can go as far back to training camp and, and talk about how we were kind of dumbfounded that he didn't look like a rookie out there. You know, like a lot of our rookies that early in the season, they looked like rookies. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Jaden Reed has not looked like a rookie yet this year. I mean, I think he had one muff punt. That was like his one rookie mistake so far. Right. And it's like, you know, I'll take it, man. Um, certainly someone we can build around uh, for the future. And uh just exciting, man. And so many, and, and like Tyreek Hill, I mean, the comparison is warranted. You can use him in a lot of different ways. He's not just a slot guy. You know, you can put him on the boundary. You can put him in the backfield. We already seen the jet, jet sweeps, things like that. Um, and then, of course, the special teams threat that he is as well. So uh, can't say enough good things. Um, arguably, I mean, certainly a candidate for, um, you know, I mean, maybe bottom end candidate for offensive rookie of the year. I mean, he's he belongs in the conversation at the yeah. very least, you know. Right. And did you guys see? Did you guys see his run blocking PFF grade? I think it was decent. I think it was like above sixty. Mm-hmm. Nice. See, that's a great point too. A lot of the the things that don't go noticed as much, right, is the fact that this guy's sealing the edge and hitting his blocks too. That's a great point, Carly Ray. Mm-hmm. I don't mean to laugh, but I immediately thought of the, when we were in the dumps earlier this year, and we said somebody in the super chat said. What does Christian Watson do well? And we all went, <laughs> I went, yeah. And Emilio goes, 
He blocks. He can block. <laughs> he can block pretty good. <laughs> never it was one of my favorite moments. I was just, I was just I can't imagine a wide receiver when you say, What does he do well? The first thing you want to think of is he blocks. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the guy was cutting down everything. He can't catch, he can't run, he gets hurt. I was like, well, he can block. Well, can he oh, do? Man. Hey, he's got a cool family. it's amazing united base with the super chat appreciate you buddy says i don't have anything just enjoying the show thanks fellas and carly ray go pat go you're too kind united base we appreciate you supporting us man you've supported us since day one and and we don't take it lightly man let's see here one last comment and we got to wrap this thing up andy a pack says reed wicks watson musgrave craft empty set is a terrible proposition for defenses next year i'm just telling you right now and send craft out there chipping a little bit too just be a goon I love his mindset, man. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys, I'm telling you, if he continues to play social media the way he's playing it, he is going to be an absolute fan favorite. All those all those guys that go into, going to Lambeau on Sunday with their hunting camo on and everything, I'm just telling you right now, they're going to dig some some Tucker Craft, man. <laughs> I keep wanting to call him Robert Craft. i got to make that Photoshop happen, man. Yeah. <laughs> old head on Tucker's body out there on Sunday. i got to make it happen. All right, let's do a little bit of housekeeping real quick. Appreciate you all hanging out with us. Um. PFF Green Line, just a quick look at the Panthers game. According to PFF and, and some of the multiple lines right now, I actually seen BetUS had it at five points earlier if I was looking at it correctly. But um, when it comes to the spread this week, uh, the Packers are four-and-a-half-point favorites against Carolina as it sits right now. 67% of the cash is on Carolina. 72% of the tickets are on Green Bay in that spread. The money line, um, it looks like 80, 86% of the cash is on the Packers, 99% of the tickets is on the Packers. So the public is definitely on Green Bay to win outright. I don't like the way that feels, just being honest. But we will say BetUS is the official sports book of Packers Total Access Live. Guys, if you're looking for a nice sports book, they do great work over there. I'm, I'm about a week into this process now, and I absolutely love their interface. Make sure you check it out. If you click on the link in the description of this video, if you click on that link and go to their website and register for free as a customer, we'll actually get credit for it. It helps this podcast, helps our standing with BetUS, which is off to a phenomenal start. Really, really cool stuff. So make sure you go check them out. Like I said, the official sports book of Packers Total Access. They have now been in business for going on their 30th year here in 2024. Excited about a, a partnership with them in the, in the near future. They are America's favorite sports book. Now, we, we gave out three bets so far. And again, do not bet anything you can't afford to lose, okay? I, I can't say that enough. This isn't a gambling show, but since we partnered up with BetUS, I'm trying to find some of what I feel like are the best picks of the week as far as prop bets, mainly unders, to see if we can get people off on a positive start. I would really like it if, as a show, we could maybe make a pick together every week. Not that you have to put any money on it, right? But we could just kind of look at some of the stats. I just don't want a large majority of the show to turn into that. You know what I mean? This is Packers deep diving. I definitely don't want to turn into that, but it might be a good way to kind of get into some of that stuff. You know, we gave, like I said, out of three picks that we've done the last, uh, this last few days here, we've hit two of the three. So we're off to a good start there. Obviously the Jalen hurts under on the carries last night didn't hit, but we got the game well. one. so maybe we'll do something like that in the future. As we wrap up though, and get parting thoughts. Here is the latest standings. Look, Minnesota in the sixth seed at seven and seven, uh, Rams at, in the seven seed at seven and seven. Um, in the eight seed is Seattle at seven and seven. I say seed, obviously, it's just outside of the playoffs in the hunt. The number nine is New Orleans at seven and seven. Then you got Atlanta and Green Bay both at six and eight. Obviously, Atlanta has a tiebreaker over Green Bay. 
Um, we're playing Minnesota coming up. That's going to be a huge game, uh, you know, here in a, in a couple of weeks. So I think I heard something today. I think I heard Matt Schneiman say that someone ran kind of a simulation. And if the Packers beat the Carolina Panthers this week and they went out, right, they said they have a 90% chance of making the playoffs in that simulation that runs up to, I think, over 40,000 simulations in that specific side. I can't remember what side he said, but it was pretty cool. Just goes to show you there's still a shot at making the playoffs. I don't think anybody's expecting them to, to go on this you know phenomenal run in the playoffs, but there still is some hope. I just yeah. want to see them finish strong. I want to see yeah. I want to see Jordan Love put all doubt in the back, in the, you know, in, in the rear view. You know what I mean, Tim? But uh, yeah. parting thoughts here, man. What you got? Yeah, I mean, I think that's let's be real. That's that's the only path, simulation or not. You you can't lose another game. You just mm-hmm. can't. You cannot. If you lose another game, it's it's a wrap. We don't even we don't even need to have the playoff discussion. So I'm gonna go out on a limb and I'm gonna I'm gonna take the positive approach. I think we're gonna boat race Carolina on Christmas nice. Eve. That's what I think. I think it's a get right game. Um you know, at some at some point in time, you know, the players are, you know, we already talk about the players. If they're if they're as frustrated as we think they are, you know, at a certain point, you got to go, hey, we're we're the guys on the field, you know, like mm-hmm. we can go out and take it upon ourselves to go out and win these football games, uh, and we don't have to hear, you know, the negative talk. So, um, I really think it's a chance for this team to, um, like Clayton just alluded to here, finish strong, and you got to do that by getting a dub right now. You just dropped two games that you absolutely should have won, both of these games. Um, so, you know, there's no margin of error. There is zero margin of error now the rest of the year. You got to win out if you want to even um, talk about playoffs. So it starts with one game. You, let's just get one. And right. it's the Carolina Panthers. This is a beatable team. Uh, however, they are coming off a win, you know, so we have to keep that uh, – Keep that in mind, but I want to go ahead and just be uh, be positive, and I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna entertain the the uh, we're gonna get lit up uh, by Bryce Young, and I, I just I'm not I'm not with that sentiment. I'm a fan of this team, and I want to see them do well. So I'm gonna root for them to win, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go into this game thinking we can do it, and I believe we can, and I believe we will. I like it, Tim. I need all the optimism I can get, man. There's no doubt about it. Um, we're gonna learn a lot about the defense, specifically the players. Are they going to roll over or are they going to go out there and fight? You that's know, right. That's the question. And they've got an opportunity to do that. Like you said, with with arguably the worst team in the league, right? Yeah. I don't know how many times we've got to say it. Any given Sunday, guys, any given Sunday, the fact that we're still surprised that the youngest team in the NFL is dropping games they should be winning after they won three that many would say they had no business winning, you know? Um, so, Carly, what you got? Parting thoughts. We already we already blew uh, – Emilio out here, man. He's I'm enough. I have enough of this positive talk. Go ahead, Carly. What do you got? <laughs> you may be muted, Carly. She may have stepped away. We may have blew her out too. I don't know. No, sorry. Go. I was on mute. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. I like what AFAM said in the chat here. Said, I guess it's not the end of the world. We could have Justin Fields. Hey, there <laughs> it, it is. Comment of the night. Oh, man. I tell you, when you got Justin Fields, one thing's for sure: there is a sixty-five percent, sixty-five chance you're going to lose. I mean, uh, it's uh, <laughs> it is what it is. That dude, I'm looking forward to that last week of the season. There's still a chance I might be there. I don't know. It's uh, if if I do go up there, I just want to see them demolish the Bears. But hopefully, it's cold weather football. But yeah, I agree. It could be worse, Carly. We could have Justin Fields. Dude is not a good quarterback. Phenomenal athlete, but. Just not a good quarterback. And Bears fans do not want to accept the fact that they're looking and comparing Jordan Love to Justin Fields. And I'm sorry, it's not even close, man. It ain't. 
I think we got our QB of the future. I'm excited about it, man. Yep. One last comment from AFAM here. Hopefully, Jay Love can start putting fears into the defenses. Um, right now, no fear, but we'll give him another year. I tell you what, he keeps uh, he keeps making plays like he did, rolling out right and throwing that freaking laser to Jaden Reed. And Jaden Reed, man, as a rookie, my gosh, getting those feet down. I watch it again in slow motion. I'm like, how in the world did he? And again, it still blows my mind because when the ball left Love's hand, I said this over and over. I'm going to continue to say it because it's probably my favorite play of the year. When it left his hand, I'm like, there's no way it's going to get like, you know what I mean? It sped up the closer it got to Jaden Reed. It was a laser <laughs> on the run. Looked a lot like 12. Pretty cool. So, yep. all right. We're going to get out of here, guys. We'll be back tomorrow for uh, Good Morning Lambo. Tim, you available in the morning, Bob? Sure am. All right, we'll get up, grab us a cup of coffee. Mandy will be mad. She'll be over here in the hotel room trying to sleep, and I'll be waking her up again, so you know how that goes. <laughs> but uh, she's going to be exhausted, dude. They're out at the parks today, um, out there having a good time. I've been sitting here in the hotel staring at the wall, and I love it, dude. I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> Last time I went to a park, you, I almost went to jail. I was just like, I cannot stand being around this many people. I need to be somewhere in a five-by-five five cell-like room watching football tape, or I'm going to lose my mind. But that's why Mandy refers to me as the stick in the mud, and she is 100% correct. So (laughs) we're out of here. Carly, Tim, thank you all for joining us. Really appreciate it. Emilio, Mm -hmm. thanks for being a quitter, buddy. I know you had to hop off because Jordan was probably home, but, hey. He had to take two more aspirin. He'll be all right. That's exactly (laughs) At Christmas party, man. At Christmas party, I'll get you. No doubt. We need need us a office video drop of a Christmas episode for sure, man. I'm telling you, when he marked that waitress's arm (laughs) – What was that Ben? Was was it called the Ben uh, Ben the Benny Hanna Christmas? Benny yeah. Hanna Christmas. There it is. Yeah, Jim <laughs> telling Jim telling Dwight at the end of the day was like, "What are they talking about?" He's asking how to slaughter. What was it? Slaughter something? A goat or something? <laughs> oh, you got to get the knife directly under, <laughs> slit it all the way around. Ah, I miss the office, but I think we all agree there's no way it would make it in today's weak society. Probably they, not. They that show, you know, they get canceled so quick. But anyway, all right, we're out of here, guys. Appreciate y'all. For those of you listening on the pod, thank you for making us a part of your day. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. Go back. The power sweep. Actually, it's the it's the lead play in our in our offense. Yes, a Y in or a tight end to open up somewhere between six feet and nine feet. To get an isolation with the with the linebacker. Tell the tackle. Take the defensive end if he's over him. If he's not, to drive down on the first man to his inside. If the YN has the linebacker taken out, he cuts inside. If the YN has the linebacker in, he comes all the way around. If you look at this play, we're trying to get it. The seal here. And a seal here. And try